With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it was a great episode with Christina. Um, yeah. She's always full of knowledge and awesome with the card ladder team. So it was great. Yeah, she 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 uh, she brought a lot of great perspectives. Um, I'm, you know, it's funny. I never I never watch back sports cards live or after hours. Like <laughs> I've I've never watched my own show. I figure I live it. I do it. What's what's watching it going to do for me, right? But sometimes I just you know I'm busy. I'm multitasking during the show. And I miss a couple things here and there. So sometimes I want, I, I want to, I do want to go back. So what I like to do is, as viewers of the show know, is that I like to ask the after hours guests to kind of watch the episode before, if you can, and bring a couple of uh, maybe nuggets of information that stuck out to you or you found interesting or resonated with you, whatever it may be, that um, that we can talk about to provide a bit of continuity between the two episodes as well. So. Let's start off with that, and then we'll get to know you a little bit uh, for mine and everyone else's benefit. So (laughs) anything that kind of stuck out to you in that last episode? Yeah, so a few things. The first one, um, just to touch on slightly, was Christina's, I guess, attention to, like, car detail. Uh, I felt like it was pretty neat for her to, you know, talk a little bit about how she kind of had her spinoff and like went into more of the aesthetics of the card. And then when you were presenting your card, she kind of did her own little like demonstration of that as well. So I thought that was really neat. And I think it's kind of something that I somewhat resonate with as well. Like today I went to a card shop and I picked up a card specifically just because I liked the way it looked. I was like, yeah, I just, I feel like this is a great looking card. I'm just going to buy it just because of the appeal. Wasn't anyone I really collect. It was just like, no, this, this card looks good. So I'm going to buy it. Um, Let let me just say two things come to mind there. The first one is when she was doing that with, (laughs) and I brought back the one card, it's like, I almost brought it back because I wanted to, I wanted to hear her say something that would make me like the card even more than I already do. Like, I love, the, I love these cards. There's no, like, I love them, you know? I wanted to see if she could make me love them even more. And she did with both, with both, uh, of both the Precious Metal Gem and the Essential, with both of these two. It, she did mm-hmm. make me kind of like them even more than I already do. I thought that was, that was really cool. And then when she said about this one, you know, if you see that in the showcase with a million other cards, it's going to pop out to you. And I think that's a good approach when you're at a, when you're shopping for cards, if you go to a card show and you're looking for something, it's like, what jumps out to you? You know, it might not be the card you buy because you might not care about the player, but it might guide you towards a certain subset or insert that you might want for your player. So I I thought that was a great, uh, that, that kind of, that's what I got out of that comment. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine as you being the owner of those cards, having someone kind of relay the, I guess, like artistry of the card is like music to your ears. You're like, yes, tell me more. Yeah. Like, this is exactly why I like this card. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. The whole part about where your eyes go, not something not something that I think about. When, when I look at a card, I'm not thinking about where my eyes are going. They're just darting all over the, you know, that eight and a quarter square inches they're not they're not uh but i'm not tracking that direction so that was really cool to hear hear her map out 
the path of sight when you are looking at a card based on its design. Oh yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. And then I know this kind of got brought up. Uh, I feel like you asked the question, then you were like, well, maybe, I don't know if that was a good question, but it was about how to like tips for getting other women like interested or things like that. Um, so that kind of stuck out to me. And I was like reading like some of the comments that people were sharing as well. Um, and so I think like there are a few things of like why women may get into it and like what makes them stay or what could pique their interest. And I think first off for me personally, it's like having a connection to sports. Um, I think that was the biggest thing for me is kind of why I like found this uh, hobby, so to speak, is just that connection to sports. Um, and then I think second, it's possibly like just a person who has a collector mindset already. So um I don't know. I think some women, you know, they collect different things. I think I saw someone make a comment about like women collecting shoes or just like bags or anything like that. So like women, they do have a collector mindset. It's just, I think you have to cater it more towards their interests. And so if they're not interested in sports, they may not want to collect that as well. But then one thing that I really thought about was, um, Honestly, it, I think it was talked about a little bit too, it's just like bringing in the, the value of the card and the worth of the card as well. And I think sometimes, you know, some people, significant others might think, why are you spending money of cards? Like these aren't worth anything, but if you actually present to them, no, these are worth things. Sometimes they go up, maybe not in this market right now, but sometimes they go up and they do hold their value. Um, I think that could just like, you know, be an easier transition for them to kind of understand that as well. Yeah, no, fair. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that 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 you uh, you picked out those those things because um, I, I we didn't really get very far on that on that second question because I think even with with uh, Christina, she, it's just like second nature to her. You know, she she it's almost like she doesn't see herself as being anything but a collector. Which why would she? Why should she? Right? I mean, right. and so it's like you know, I'm not. I don't try to convince anybody. Why would I, you know, I, I know what I like, you know what you like. So be on your merry way. You do <laughs> you, right? So, um, okay. Uh, let's say hello to, we have some people in the chat. Good good evening. Welcome back, everybody. If you caught the episode with Christina, appreciate that. We have Sam with us, Sam Shuford. That's her right there. She is from the Women of the Hobby. That is her channel on YouTube. We're going to talk about that shortly, but we have Steve Sir here says my little one fell asleep that would be etta he's speaking of well a while ago but i'm still going and excited for more sports card content happy to have you back again steve we have frankie back good evening again frankie hockey guy says that pmg green is an eye grabber for sure great contrast yeah the the red jersey on the mm -hmm. green background the green foil for sure slow pitch fanatic hello to you hello to you chris noel says i can't believe i missed christina i was actually outside of my house for once hello jeremy and sam hello chris <laughs> and don't worry, Chris, you can go back and watch it. It'll be on the channel. Great episode. Check it out later when you have some time. And now you can watch it at like 1.5. So it won't take you two hours <laughs> to watch it too, right? Triple V says, I wish my wife was listening to this right now instead of some dumb ghost show. <laughs> too funny. Too funny. And uh, there's Christina says, hello to Sam. Hello. And welcome back, Christina. Welcome back. Uh, Eric from Sanderson Doris has just subscribed to Sam's channel and we'll be checking it out. There you go. Awesome. Thanks for that, Eric, on behalf of myself and Sam. So, yes. <laughs> so let's, let's understand how did you get into the hobby? Um, yeah. What was it about the hobby? What, what got you started with it? I, I know you love sports. You're a sports fanatic. 
Yes. But when did you make the leap from just being a sports fan to being a sports card collector? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like there's kind of like a two part, like, you know, everyone kind of has cards when they're little, but then, you know, they eventually grow out. And a lot of people I hear, I, I recently started collecting again. So I've, my number one thing is I've always been into sports, super into sports. So as a kid, uh, my parents got me the Sports Illustrated for Kids magazine. Um, and so with that, there's actually like the tear out uh, cards or whatnot. Yeah. So I I had like a binder of those like in the card guard, like it had a football, like leather, faux leather, leather, like pattern on the outside as well. Uh, so I had a collection of those cards, um, you know, I would just get from the magazines, tear them out. I'm probably not looking for corners, not tearing them out gently, just, you know, just tearing them out and putting them in the binder. So I had that collection uh, when I was younger, but I wouldn't really say I went out and like bought packs. That wasn't something that I specifically remember. Um, I kind of only like, I remember getting the Sports Illustrated magazines, but it's kind of like a little bit blurry, I, but I found the cards recently. Um, and so then I would say I graduated school uh, May of 2020. And then also later in May of 2020, I was for some reason I was scrolling around on StockX looking at, um, you know, just different collectibles and items and things like that. And I came across sports cards. I was like, wait, I think I have those cards. Like, where's that binder that I had, like, you know, from when I was a kid and had all those cards. And so that's just kind of how it spun and how it started through that. And luckily I was at home at the time. Um, I graduated school. My job didn't start until August. And so I was still with my parents, was able to find the binder, you know, mom, dad, like, where's that binder I had? Like, do you still have it? So that was kind of fun just looking back through all the things that I had. Obviously, most of it not really worth anything like most people come to find. Uh, but yeah, just kind of going from there. Of those SI for Kids cards, was there one or two that you're like, oh, this this guy or this gal? Is there <laughs> one or two cards that you you still that you took out, you're like, oh, I'm going to that that's getting top loader treatment or anything like that that you really love to this day? <laughs> yes, actually, one of them is getting graded. Um, it is a Steph Curry. It's 2008. So at the time, I, I was around 10 years old. Um, so it's a 2008 year of cards that I had. And here recently, I've also found I don't have these cards. I don't have them. But um, there is a Lewis Hamilton Apparently that is his rookie year. And also, um, who else was it? Oh, Usain Bolt. Apparently yeah. those were also their two SI for kids rookie cards. So I thought that was kind of interesting just to, you know, that was a popular year for the SI cards. But um, yeah, so that one Steph Curry I do have. Um, I'm not sure it's going to grade well. I'm kind of just getting it graded because I'm like, this is probably one of the first cards I ever had. So I'm just going to get it graded. <laughs> Yeah, you, you've had that card for over 10 years, right? I mean, exactly. 12, 13 years by now makes that's 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 a great card. It doesn't matter if it grades a one, who cares, right? Exactly. It, it's, it's about it's about the card and the connection to your your youth and uh, and that memory of getting those magazines and tearing those pages out and perforating the cards. And so do you have the Lewis Hamilton or the Usain Bolt? Not sure no, I guess I I guess I didn't tear them all out because um, I know I had all the magazines and I used to like keep the magazines too. Like I used to have a stack of magazines and I don't know. I'm sure my mom was like, you need to go through all that stuff. And, you know, eventually I got rid of it probably when I had no interest in it at the time. But um, no, I don't have those. I only had a few, but I was excited to see some of them. Uh, like obviously the Steph Curry there's like a Kevin Durant I guess technically it would be like his second year SI kids that one was a little interesting uh, there's also something that they did there which 
kind of leads into, I guess, a little bit more artistry. It's like these like animated cards. They're still SI for kids cards, but it's more like a drawing and like a sketch. So a little bit different. So so are you basically saying then that it, it was kind of, you had those cards as a kid and rediscovering them kind of after, gra- after finished graduating from school, it rekindled, it rekindled almost sparked your interest, your interest and your entry into the sports card hobby. Now, is that what happened? Yes. yes. And so, well, you have to keep on if you were going to say something there. Oh, no, that's no? all. Okay. <laughs> so, so how did you go from those cards to cards of today? Like, what did you do next? Did you say, Oh, Oh, you were on stock X mm-hmm. and, and that, that, that made you remember to go back to the SI cards. But what what happened after that to get you active into the hobby with like modern day cards? Yeah, so from there, um, essentially, I probably did what a lot of people did. I like went to Walmart. I know Christina had her Walmart story as well. Uh, I went to Walmart and I was so out of touch with whatever. I literally didn't even know where the card section was. I called my dad. I was like, Dad, where are cards in Walmart? I don't even see them at that time maybe they weren't there but they were they were there um it was still a little bit before the retail craze got really crazy um so i went there to look and they had like a few packs of i think it was like 2019 prestige and so i started like opening some boxes um and then one thing that i actually did just while i was home because it's kind of a smaller town i started going to like um kind of like not flea markets, but just like thrift stores and things like that to see if they had any older like cards and collections that I could look at. Um, I found a few, um, nothing too crazy. A lot of it kind of was like a lot of the like junk wax um, items, so to speak. So from there I went like different, you know, antique stores and things like that. And then I really kind of took a big leap as well as going to my first card show um in spartanburg south carolina so it's around 45 minutes away from my hometown so i went there in the summer and it was actually really it was a little overwhelming because i really had no idea what to expect at the time you know mosaic blasters were going for like 45 dollars. i think i saw one today going for 145 (laughs) dollars. so it was different times for sure Uh, but it was really interesting and one thing that I think, I don't know if it made me stay, but it definitely made me more intrigued was I actually saw someone that I knew from college. So I went to school at University of South Carolina, um, went to a card show in South Carolina, and then I saw someone that I did not know collected cards at all. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like I see someone that I know at a card show, like I didn't even know you collected. Uh, So I just thought that was kind of neat, you know, just seeing it maybe as a way to meet other people as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So here's a question. It's, it's a tough question to answer, but I'm going to ask, why do you like cards? Um, and I don't mean the community mm-hmm. and, and all that. Why do you like the cards themselves? I think for me, it goes back to the connection with the team. Um, so I any Carolina Panthers card that I see, I want it. I don't even care if the player like is still on the team, like I'll take it. Like that's for me. So it's just something about like just the connection that I have to the team for me is something why I really like the cards. Um I think I don't know. I've just like I've grown up. So I've to give a little background detail on like the Carolina Panthers. I've grown up going to these games literally since I was in the womb. Um, so I've been going to the games forever. And so it's just something that I like to have is kind of like a connection to the players and to the 
the players that we used to have and the seasons that we had as well. Um, I especially like getting, like someone sent me some older cards from like, I want to say Jonathan Stewart, like D'Angelo Williams. So 2008 to like 2015 type of year cards. I was like, this is awesome. Like I was so into the Panthers at that time. So it's kind of just like reminiscing on the sports team that I love. That's Fair, fair answer. I mean, it, it, it's a nostalgia, right? It's, mm-hmm. It connects us to something. So, so then let me ask you this: as far as the cards themselves goes, you said any card that shows. So I was, was going to say to you, like, do you prefer shiny cards, paper cards, uh, horizontal cards, vertical cards, like that slab cards, raw cards, that kind of? Thing. But it sounds to me if they're wearing if they're wearing <laughs> that Carolina Panthers jersey, you don't care what the card looks like. That's it. What's your favorite st- card style, your favorite brand these days? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, anything anything there that you can speak to? Yeah, something that I've come to realize that I think I like more um, is really like the color match. Like when a card matches the team's colors, I think like aesthetically that um, really looks good to me. And obviously being a Panthers fan, a lot of the like blue cracked ice cards and just like the blue parallels, I think they look well. Um, with the cards that's kind of something that I would be more drawn to if I happen to see it Um, and then I would say I mean the horizontal versus vertical I would say I prefer a vertical card just because if you do want to ever get it like slabbed or in case you know some people like to do it with their PC some people don't Um, it does look a little weird if it's being horizontal and then the grades like written the other way so it's just kind of like a weird thing uh, with the horizontal cards but yeah, um, I I hear you for sure with that. I, I heard one of the car, one of the newer uh, grading companies is coming out with a horizontal slab, which I think is a, a, a real huge sort of differentiating factor for them. And if a PSA or a BGS were to come out with something like that, I think the hobby would would really like it. Now all of a sudden we need new supplies, right? Because they're going to different shape. We need now we need new little uh, um, like graded card bags. We need yeah. new, new shaped. Sh- cardboard boxes to hold them in and all that right so but that that would come with it so okay let's uh, say hello to some more we have some more comments in the chat we'll say hello to some more people then we'll get on to the next sort of topic so uh robert rothenberg uh, good glad you could join live happy to have you live robert welcome to the show toa says here to support the women i wonder if any of the women consciously try to collect cards of women at all that's a that's a good question i i do know i heard a woman on I forget what podcast it was a few months ago who only collects cards of women. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a woman who had to be, you know, a, a bit older than yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Sam, I don't, I don't, I think she, cause she mentioned graduating like university in maybe the seventies or eighties, something back there. So, mm-hmm. but how about you? What, what, what about you? Do you have any affinity towards collecting cards of women? Yeah, I know who you're talking about as well. Her name is escaping me and her Instagram, but she collects a lot of like vintage older women yeah. as well. Yeah, I know who, I know who you're talking about. Which show um, did I hear her on? Do you know what show she was on? No, no. Let's maybe it might have been Stacking Slabs. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah. But how about for yourself? Um. So yeah, I actually the first, like the only... I think it's still to this day, yes. Like, the only hobby box that I've ever opened is WNBA Prism. Uh, number one, because it's the most affordable for me. Yeah. And then number two, it was the first year of WNBA Prism. And also because, so I went to South Carolina. Um, our women's basketball team is really good. 
Uh, we won the national championship my freshman year, so that was super exciting. We had Asia Wilson. We have Dawn Staley, who's like a great coach. Um, and so I do collect, uh, like I collect Gamecocks and Dawn Staley. So I have several of their Prism parallels. I have like the Dawn Staley autos. So I collect a lot of them just because I think we have quite a few players in the NBA actually uh, from South Carolina, like at least, I want to say at least like five or six. So that's like quite a few in terms of WNBA players. So I do try and collect them uh, whenever I see them. Uh, so yeah, I try and consciously collect women. Wasn't Don Staley just part of this Hall of Fame class? I believe so. Um, she was with with Kobe and Kevin Garnett, just and Tim Duncan. Just like yeah, I'm pretty certain she was because I was not familiar with Don Staley, but now I am. I think it's because I watched that whole Hall of Fame ceremony, the whole the whole event, and I believe she was one of the the inductees. And mm -hmm. I you got to hear her whole story. Very inspiring, and and uh, I'm certain it was her. So that's really cool. Hall of Famer. Yeah. And she, I know, um, I'm not sure if it was for last year's Olympics or maybe this year's Olympics. She's, I think she's the Olympic coach, like um, took over for Gino uh, this year. So. Oh, great. Okay. Chris Hayes says, love that SI for kids is still bringing kids into the hobby or, you know, and you're not a kid anymore, but it, <laughs> it brought you in as a kid and now it's bringing you back as an adult. That's pretty cool. Hockey guy says, that's a great question. Not sure which one, but thanks. Hey, Chris, if that was a question I asked, send it to me so I can maybe ask it to future guests if it's that great of a question. Thank you so much. Um, Chris, Chris Hayes says, nostalgia. If only I could ask my 10-year-old self why I liked cards. <laughs> Lee Haskins got here late. I've watched Sam for a while, so very mm -hmm. cool to see her talk more as a guest than a host. That's a that's a great. Uh, let's get. We've got a bunch of comments. We'll get them, but then we're going to talk about what you're doing with your channel and your show, and mm -hmm. the all your your inspiration for that and everything. Um, oh, I think Chris is talking here about uh, the color match. Green parallels are very popular for Oakland A's fans. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Adventures with Troy says I appeal is something we all have with this hobby for the most part, right? I mean, you want to collect things that you like to look at for sure. Mike, appreciate that comment right there very much, very much. Chris Noel says, maybe Sam will say hi, hello to me. He's trying to get Christina to say hi. But Christine, if you're listening in the background and not looking, say hi to Chris so he can get off your back. But meanwhile, <laughs> do you want to say hi to Chris? Hi, Chris. <laughs> there you go. We got, a, we got a hi for you, Chris. Very funny. Very funny. Triple V says, color team match parallel. Color team match parallels, yeah, always have always been an option, an optimal choice unless it's gold black. Okay, okay. Hello, Joe R. from Colorado. Great to have you. Great to have you. Costa, good evening to you, local collector who I've known for quite some time. Love what you collect, says Don Staley. is beyond a legend, both on and off the court, for sure. I'm sure we're going to get down here someone confirming that she was just uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame. Lee Haskins says, I have a, a few very cool rookie SI cards of uh, Mia Hamm. Great cards. Uh, what else do we have here in the comments? Ah, uh, here we go. The question was, why do you like the cards themselves? Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. <laughs> Christina's working. That's why she's not responding to Chris, who gets a good kick out of it. Very good. Uh, Tyler says that her husband, Deuce Staley, was a good running back for the Eagles and is now a coach. Don's the better athlete, though. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And Costa says, did you guys watch OHL Sarnia Sting drafted the female goalie? I mean that's a that's a junior hockey team um, in Ontario, so you're probably off your radar, Sam. But uh, yeah, I did hear about that. Um, a female goalie drafted to uh, like 
a, a competitive uh, male hockey team. I, I, so interesting, interesting mm-hmm. for sure. So women of the hobby, you got back into the hobby in 2020. What, tell us what, what, uh, what was the catalyst for you to start the channel? What was your goal with it? Well, let's just start with the. I don't want to to overwhelm you too many <laughs> questions because I'll I'll lose track of myself. So, what's what got you started with uh, creating that channel? Why did you create it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think so. As I mentioned, when I went to the first card show, I saw someone that I knew. So we continued to connect. You know, hey, I saw you at the card show. It was great seeing you. Um, that type of thing. But then beyond that, um, you know, I started working with my job. I was working in a new city. Um, so I really didn't feel like I guess I had like hobby friends, so to speak. Um, and we were in a pandemic too. So you can't just go out and meet people. Yeah. Um, so that was a little difficult for me personally. And so I really wanted to just like have other hobby friends that I could talk to about cards. Cause I really think I was running my parents ears off. Uh, they were not really a f- fan of me continuing to talk about cards 24 seven. So they were like, yeah, you should probably talk to someone else. So now, if you were my daughter, <laughs> Don't stop talking. My, my daughter's four, so we'll see if I get there when she's older, but please continue. <laughs> so that was really kind of what my motivation was behind creating Women of the Hobby. And it also being, um, you know, I think Christina mentioned she had someone continuing to message her bro and man and all these things. So I did have a Twitter account. I was probably more active on Twitter before Instagram, but I like just doing like small little deals, buying here and there um, and just like following different people. And a lot of people I had she, her in the bio and they would still message me like, hey, bro, like, hey, man, I'm sure it was just like a copy and paste message to everyone. But at the same time, I was like, come on, at least read the bio. Um, So that was like another thing. I was just like, I don't really see too many women out here. I saw a few, um, but I didn't see too many. So I thought it would be neat, you know. I'm, I'm cool with the guys. I can talk with the guys. Um, but I also wanted to talk with women who collected and like get their perspective on it as well and how long they'd been doing it. And so that was kind of the whole reason why I wanted to start it up. And I was, yeah, somewhat self-interested just because I was like, I need other women to talk to. Like this is, I need like to find other women. So that was one of the main reasons too. Yeah. Um, I just want to bring this up. Uh, Toa says women's cards as a whole are so underrated, especially the legends. But here, Chris Hayes says, Loyola uh, Wynn was the OG for female 2020 card boom content creators, but she retired early like MJ. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Loyola, but yeah, you are. I remember her and kind of didn't really realize that, yeah, I haven't seen much of her uh, lately. And I was was subscribed to her channel and all that. Uh, She was really into it for for quite some time. So you're definitely not alone and not the first uh, female to start a channel, obviously, but but you know, you're doing the interview style, bring on a guest. Um, and Hannah, uh, mm-hmm. she collects cards as someone that you've, you've kind of, I don't, I don't know if you've partnered up, but you have her on quite often with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about with, with, uh, with Hannah? Yeah. So I guess I had the idea for women of the hobby. I would say I started thinking about, you know, really trying to create more of a community, just more awareness and visibility for women overall, probably towards the end of last year. So like November, December timeframe. I didn't really start it until I want to say like February, January, February started putting things in motion. And a lot of that was due to Hannah. Uh, She probably doesn't like getting credit like that. She's pretty humble, but um, I always like, I found her show or her channel 
but I was like okay no this is this is like the catalyst this is why I'm gonna do this like I see her out here like I'm definitely gonna create this community and just like make it open for more women to find other women uh and so that's kind of what kind of kick-started it all was seeing her channel um and seeing her out there doing it so yeah she was just kind of an inspiration to just like keep it going essentially and so as you continue to plan your episodes and find more women to come on the show, how are you being received and how do you go about wrangling um, guests for your show? Yeah, so I think there was like a lot of really good positive uh, feedback that we had in the beginning. I had a lot of like supporters. I know I was um, the Car Talk pod guys. They were super nice having me on a few times and doing some different things that got a I guess a little bit of like promotion of like the new kind of community that there was for other women to hopefully find it as well. So I think it's been received pretty well. And in terms of finding uh, women, so initially I was a little worried. I was like, what if I run out of like women, you know, <laughs> like enough, like what if there's not enough women out there? But no, I, that fear has quickly been uh, eradicated. So there are enough women out there. And I simply, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have like a, I guess like a direct, like not a directory, but like a specific way of like doing process of doing of how I pick things out. I just kind of a little bit of random. I try and include people who are new, who have been in it for a while, just try and get a whole diversity of perspectives. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing is, you know, if I've had, you know, maybe two or three veterans recently, okay, maybe I'll try and get someone who's new. Uh, just kind of keep it a little bit different. Um, I think is the best thing that I've been trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've sent, I've even, I know for just myself, since I discovered you and we communicated, I've sent you a few, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, like links to Instagram accounts for some women that I've known. Like, just, Hey, I don't know if you've come across this, this, this woman in the hobby yet, but if you haven't here, here's potentially another, you know, more, mm -hmm. uh, pipeline for you to keep your show, uh, with unique guests, right? Because it can get tough to keep them unique. I mean, this it can be tough for looking for male, not male, mm -hmm. just any guests. Never mind focusing on female guests. But like you said earlier, you're you're not just looking to communicate or build the community with women. You're open to doing it with men too. Will you have you yet, or will you feature male guests on your show? On your show, women of the hobby. Yes, yes. So that was a goal. Um, so essentially. Um, I guess kind of like the cadence of the show is like every two weeks I bring on like a new woman and we kind of interview more of their experience and things like that. And then weekly Hannah and I kind of do like somewhat of like a market update, what we've been up to in the hobby. And we've been trying to find different guests. So Christina was on. We also had Gamwax on. So that was super awesome. Yeah, um, so he was uh, one of our male guests that we had on. But I am trying to get more males. Um, I asked one of my friends. Uh, but he kind of has he has like a a conflict like for work that he can't really be on. So we're still working, um, just trying to get that, you know, going as well. But the thing about people, you know, you've messaged me different people to add. And a lot of people have done so like a few accounts, like, you know, they'll consistently every few weeks, they'll send me a new account like, hey, I just found this person you should follow. So it's nice, like having the community help you find different people that you can reach out to. Uh, that's super helpful. And also one thing that I've like just did this past week was do like a, so each week I have a woman of the week and essentially that's just highlighting a new woman that I think people should go out and follow. It's highlighting their collection, um, who they PC, you know, just a few different questions like that as well. 
Um, and I created like a nomination form. So that's in the bio as well. If people want to go out and nominate someone for the week, um, I have that form in there just to try and get the community's help. Because, you know, after a while it is like, okay, I don't want to be the only person deciding here. I think it should be up to other people as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And just, you know, bringing other collectors on your channel, you know, women particularly, you know, I just kind of wonder how many women in the hobby are in the hobby, but uncomfortable about being a woman in the hobby. Because when I've been set up at card shows, when, you know, some of the female collectors, they come up to the booth and you can tell, I can tell, I can, it's a, it's not like it's written on their face, but I can sense it. I can feel it. Just my gut tells me that that they don't think that I'm going to take them seriously. They think that I might have a preconceived notion about why they're there. And that's not how I personally approach women at my booth at all. But am I onto something there? Do, do some, do you yourself even, when you're at a card show, what goes through your head? when you walk up, up to a particular vendor's booth, how do you feel any different than a guy might? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for me personally, um, again, I know Christina mentioned all women are different. She may, she probably had a different take on this, but yeah, I think for me, it's something that I, I'm a little bit more of a timid personality in general. Uh, so yeah, going in, I kind of just feel a little bit like, maybe I'm not as well respected type of thing, or people just may not look at me the same way. Um, so it is a little bit of like a mental game for me sometimes going in, like I can speak today, I went to a new card shop that I had never been to. And honestly, I sat in the parking lot before I went in and I was like, Oh, no, like, what are they gonna say? Like, they're gonna look at me like I'm a woman going in there. Um, but it was actually kind of a good experience. I, it was something I didn't expect. The guy was like, wait, have I seen you before? And I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. He's like, what's your name? <laughs> I told him my name. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen you. I was talking about Simone Biles. So that was like a very good experience for me. I was like, oh, he's seen me. He like, he knows I'm like in this. Um, so that was good. But in terms of like other, you know, going to card shows and things like that, that is something that I think I kind of have to mentally just get over, uh, or overcome essentially is, you know, I, I, do know what I'm here for like I've done the research as well so that is something I experienced and I'm not sure it's anything that you know males or the people at the show do it's just kind of something that I have in my own mind kind of already made up <laughs> well but I think that's you know to me I've felt I have felt other women feel that I hope that makes sense but I mm -hmm. literally that that's how I feel right now I feel like I have felt other women feel that when they've come to my booth at a card show and I just treat them like they're any old any customer coming up and what do you what what are you looking for who do you collect how do you approach the hobby the questions I ask any person who comes to my booth at, at a at a show and um so it, it's part of it is in your head but I get it because it's a male dominated hobby and that that's no secret. There's nothing wrong with that. It just, it just, it's it just the way it's just the way it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so the fact, you know, I think I really want to see that change to where, you know, it isn't quite where, where, you know, a woman might not have that feeling and more male uh, proprietors and vendors just, you know, kind of expect women to come in to collect because why not? The cards are awesome, right? I mean, there's and they're so artistic and beautiful. So a question that I've always wondered is 
how many women are in the hobby and what percentage of the collector base is female? I know we're not going to be able to answer it, mm -hmm. but I just want to bring up Mosaic Mind's comment because it's very similar to mine. He says, is there any trusted entity out there keeping track of the demographics of card collectors? What percentage of collectors are women? Is the percentage growing? So, I mean, I don't think we can answer what the percentage is. Is the percentage growing? My question to you tonight was going to be, are there more women in the hobby than we tend to think there are? And do you have an insight into that? Yes. So I do think there are more women um, than you think, because I find new women every day. People send me new accounts to follow. And, you know, I think I've seen some accounts that, you know, are recent. Maybe they got here through their significant other, their, their family, whatnot. So there are people joining the hobby, um, women as well. But one insight that I do have, um, I can't remember when it was, I want to say maybe probably over a month ago by now. Um, but I did like a, on my Instagram account, you can tell who is male and female, like on your interactions or things like that. And so for my account, I believe I had like 14% uh, female. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but to me, that's that's kind of a lot because I wouldn't expect, you know, one more than one out of every 10 people walking into a card store to be a woman. I, I would expect it to be less than that. But for reference, another account messaged me and I think they were intrigued by that statistic and they sent me their stats and they said, oh, mine's only at like 5%. So I think that kind of gives you the range probably because my Instagram is women of the hobby. Uh, that probably increases the amount of women interaction. But I would say that is some insight that I have into maybe the amount or like the demographics of um, women collectors. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm going to my YouTube uh, <laughs> analytics right now because I've I've seen this before. <clears throat> and I want to see if I, I just I never remember where to go look for these different analytics because I don't get into them a ton. Oh, there we go. Audience. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to tell me. Here we go. Oh boy, it's it's low, very, very, very low. It says, <laughs> so the last 28 days, my, and I think, I don't know if, if, if I Google YouTube knows everybody's gender, but 0.3% female, 99.7% male on YouTube. Like that's very, that's lower. I thought it was higher than that. I feel like I've looked before. Let me go to life. I'm going to switch it to lifetime and see mm -hmm. if that changes at all. I go to lifetime, female 3.8%, male 96.2. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's lifetime, not just the last 28 days. I can't explain the last 28 days, why it would be so high for men or so low for women, but there we go. Closer to 4% overall, one in 25 people. I mean, that's something, but it's still very low. I mean, yes. if, we, if we want to see major, I'd, like 25% would be like, okay, we're getting there, but we're still far from 50-50. You know, you're, you're only halfway to 50-50 at 25. We'll probably never get there. And I guess, again, it's not, that's not, that's nobody's fault except for the women who haven't yet realized how cool the hobby is. And maybe that's <laughs> on everyone in the hobby right now to, 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 to expose them to that somehow. I don't know. <laughs> No, exactly. And I think one thing I was actually really interested in, like, just like women getting into like this market in general, because my whole thought press process was, you know, if let's say it's like 5% female right now, if that doubles to 10%, I know that's kind of asking a lot for it to double, but 
I mean, just think of the amount of more like, you know, money coming into the hobby, you know, more people buying and different things like that. And so I just think it's an interesting aspect to look at, you know, in a down market, people are, you know, worried about things or whatnot. But, you know, one way to kind of, you know, counteract that would be to increase the hobby to more people, you know, just make it available to everyone, essentially. And it is currently, but I'm not sure that everyone is aware of it type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if there's a lot of women think that, ah, that's for guys, you know, mm -hmm. do you, like maybe with mm -hmm. maybe several women would almost, they think it's cool. They think the cards are cool. They like sports, but cards are for guys. So they might just like, like not even give it a, a chance. And that's, I don't, I'm speculating. I have no idea, but I, I wonder if that's part of it. Could it, could it be, or yeah, maybe not. Uh, I think so. Um, you do? Yeah, I, I, I kind of do. I think even because I think I kind of went that my, through myself, you know, I've always been into sports, like all my friends know I'm a super like sporty gal, so to speak. Um, but yeah, when it came to cards, I don't know why I, I really didn't tell anyone uh, for like a while. Like my parents knew, obviously they knew, but like my friends, they had no idea I was doing this probably until like I started Women of the Hobby in like February. So I mean, I'd been in it for like over six plus months and hadn't told like any of my friends this was something I'm, I was doing. Um, and I don't really know why that is. I think it had to do something with just like, I don't know. I just didn't, I just didn't tell them. It was like something, again, me personally, I just didn't feel like sharing. Well, and that, that that's, I under, I can understand that. Um, you know, it, and trust me, that's not just for women. A lot of men, have felt that way about collecting sports cards for a lot of time too, because it wasn't always a cool thing to do. It's only recently become considered kind of cool. You know, it's not something that when I go meet new people, I'm like, hey, guess what I do in my spare time? You know, I still, mm -hmm. I, I still don't unless people ask, hey, what did you do during COVID or that kind of during the pandemic? Well, I started a YouTube channel and, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but even as far as collecting cards goes, when I, I'd start a new job, unless I was getting into a personal discussion with somebody about our lives, then it's it comes up pretty quickly for me. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that I just go offer out there to, to everybody. And, and it, sometimes it depends because you just, you know, I think human nature is we don't want to be judged by people or, or looked down upon for any reason or criticized or mocked or laughed at. That doesn't just apply to women. It applies to men too. So you're not alone in that as far as being a woman or just being Sam. So I, I get it. Um, what does your family, what does your mom and your dad and, uh, you know, your close friends, what, what do they think about the fact that you're collecting cards and doing your show? What kind of feedback have you gotten from them? <laughs> yeah. So my parents, they are viewers of the show. Um, you know, some of my friends, they follow the Women of the Hobby account. They follow my card account too. Um, so they know I'm a, that they're all out in the open and they're aware of what I'm doing. Um, I'd say my family, I think they, they like it. They, they like that. I've found something that I, I enjoy and like, they know what makes me happy. Obviously, if I continue to talk about it all the time, they know it's something that I really like. Um, sometimes I think my mom wishes I would spend my time on other endeavors just because I spend so much time on it. She's like, you need to like go out and like do other things. I was like, yes, mom, I know, but I like this too. Um, that's one thing but then my friends when I told them eventually they, they started 
I guess they told their families as well that this was something that I was doing. And like both of, I have two very close friends and one of them was like, yeah, I told my family and now my dad's wanting you to come look at his baseball card collection and see what he has and different things like that. So it was one of the responses. And then I told another friend and her, they were all on a family vacation together and the Tom Brady, uh, like the first really big sale of his rookie card came up. I think it was around the time of the Super Bowl. And she sent me like a picture and was like, my family wants to know if you know anything about this card and how much it's sold for and all these things. So they definitely like keep me in mind. I think when they hear anything about cards now, it's something that they're like, oh, Sam knows about that. She'll, she'll tell you all about it. So it's nice that they kind of are supporting it as well. Well, you're seen as an expert, right? You're seen, <laughs> you're seen as a, someone, a, a reference. It's uh, that, that, and that happened that I get that all the time. I get people, it, it, the funniest, it's kind of funny when people send me, and you probably have felt this by now too, they'll send you uh, a link to a newspaper article or a, a, a news website with like a headline. Did you see this? <laughs> well, of course I saw that. Like I see it doesn't, there's not much you can send me that I haven't seen yet, right? Because I'm constantly consuming hobby related news and content. So right. it's like, yes, I did. But the, but, but the fun the thing that's great about it is that they're seeing it, you know, and that the hobby is going more mainstream, which is just good for the hobby because we all want to see it grow. Uh, let's go to a couple comments here. Sanderson Tor, Eric has left. So uh, if you're listening to the rest of this later, Eric, good night and thank you for joining. Triple V says, seeing more and more women at the local card shops here in Austin, Texas, way more than when I was younger. Awesome to see. That's great. Chris Hayes likes the topic. Thank you, Chris. Mosaic Mind says more collectors equals healthier hobby and bigger market. Yeah, kind of just said that. Very much agree. Great comment. Chris says card shows, at least the YouTube videos I see, can trend very strongly to bro culture. No doubt about that, right? Have you noticed that with a lot of the on the like YouTube content mm -hmm. and that kind of thing? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. It's like when I go to a card show, do I think I'm treated equally? Um no, because I don't think they use the same language towards me as they do to like a guy or anything like that. So equally, maybe not so, but fairly, yes. Like I think everyone treats me fairly. It's just like, obviously, I think the way that they approach a woman in life in general is a little bit different than they approach a male. So, so okay, because, you know, I can see us being at the National here or even watching videos from the Dallas shows and you see the trade nights and I can, you can just see the dudes like high five in and like, yo bro, yo bro. It's like, and then, but I think I do remember seeing a couple of women in there. So at the, at the national, if there's like a trade night, a lobby trade night kind of thing going up and there's some women, can I go up to them and be like, yo sis, what up? You know, just like, be like yo bro, what up? You know, not that that's the way I carry myself, but you know, still can other guys, like, is that something that like, do, do women want to be treated this is a dumb question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Do women in that um, environment want to be treated any differently than a guy would treat a guy? Then that, like, is bro cult, can bro culture include women? Right. That's I think that's question. like being pretty specific here. I think the word bro is like, I think, like, in society, it's understood like bro is kind of just like a. I think when some girls say bro to each other, so it's just like the word bro specifically. I think is probably okay. I don't know. I I really don't know. It is a little bit of a different question. I think anytime 
I think I, the one thing I will say, though, is, like, if we're all at the National and you see a group of women, I think something that they would like would to be included like everyone else. Like, if you if we're off to the side, you know, and you see us off to the side, like, pull us in, you know, to the big group or something like that. I think that's something that I, I would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 see that, that, that's, it's important, too, that we are inclusive and that, um, like, if I, if we're at a trade night, a tra- I don't know, if it's, trade night seems so formal, and there will probably be a formal trade night that Ryan, Card Collector 2, and uh, his buddy Jimmy from Kentucky Sports Cars are trying to organize, I heard. Uh, but let's say there's an informal one and there's a bunch of dudes hanging out and there's, you know, a girl standing there kind of not sure where to go. If that were to happen, it's like, let's get like, I'd go grab her like, hey, what, what you got in your box? Let's see your mm-hmm. cards. Like, I want to see what you have because you're you're a collector just like the rest of us here. So hopefully yeah. that happens and, and 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 people make everybody, whether you're female or any, or male and you're just intimidated or feel intimidated or feel like you don't belong or you're you not that you do you might feel like you like other people might think you don't belong that's not good like like we as a hobby need to bring those people into the group and make them feel welcome and uh look at their cards ask them what they have what do you collect like let's we need to be inclusive not just in the hobby it's just part of life right let's right let's include everybody there's it's just you're happier when you're when you're inclusive i find so uh joe says honest reflections thank you sam that's a nice comment joe thank you for that tyler says i wonder how many women out there have been interested in cards but societal pressures have kept them from pursuing sports cards as a hobby i think i kind of yeah thinking on the same level there yeah that's kind of what yeah i great question i think i asked the same question a few minutes ago so yeah on the same page there uh, Chris says that's why we can't scare away the females who like the cards because yeah, let's build the hobby. Oh, we have lots of comments here, so let's run through some more of these. Rodman, welcome. Says that percentage is going to change after tonight's episode. I hope so. Hope so. Level you collect. Who is a woman? Says I'm happy to be a part of the four percent. So am I. Really happy you are. Really happy you are. And I hope you know Sam. If you do not, you guys maybe you can be on her show one day who knows maybe you can be on the next time we do ladies night on sports cards live love what you collect if you're on instagram please um let me know i'd love to hear from you uh yeah chris hayes says 90 10 is a win 90 men 10 percent women i think if you think we're at five to get to 10 would be a win so that's that's right mm-hmm. goes on to say 50 50 is just not happening i, I tend to agree with that <laughs> probably won't uh chrissy chrissy i think this is chrissy bucket says my ex would probably collect psa 10 slab coupons this could be a play <laughs> interesting interesting she loves he goes on to say she loves coupons so <laughs> mike Zero says this is the first time i've seen this young lady it won't be the last she knows her cards and sports good 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 after hours thank you very much mike and that's a compliment for you sam for sure <laughs> chris says sam is legit for sure uh, Joe R says, did Sam watch Super Bowl 50? Oh, well, well, we still miss Peyton these days, but glad to see lady collectors in the hobby. Awesome. Go Frank, go Broncos. Yes, I did watch that. You Super did watch Bowl. it? Sad. <laughs> uh, Darcy, my buddy says, hi, everybody. A little late to the show, but what do you collect, Sam? I missed that part. So um, she collects, well, I'll let you answer. You already told it, but basically Carolina Panthers cards. But is there anything else you can you can speak to the collectors just is it just Carolina Panthers cards? Yeah, so I click Carolina Panthers, uh, Carolina Gamecocks. And then I did mention as well, um, kind of like some of the Gamecocks, like the WNBA players who used to be Gamecocks as well. Um, that's 
mainly what I look at. But I do, um, I know some people, as I mentioned, they kind of know me from like the Simone Biles cards. Um, that's because like I was on Card Talk Pod for like, I sent in one of their makeup plays. And so that was what I did it with, with those cards. So, I, I mean, I do look um, at other female athletes as well. Okay. Cool, cool. There you go, Dars. If you're still there, welcome. Rodman says cards are way cooler than any other collectibles. I mean, he's right. That's just <laughs> that's just world fact right there. Cards are way cooler than any other collectibles. Rage 508. Yo, yo, I'm here, brother. What's up, Jeremy? And oh, welcome, Rage. Welcome, Rage. Angie, who's been a loyal watcher for the last little while, says, Do you believe it's a good time to collect Carey Price with his recent success in the playoffs? Goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens, who are on a playoff run, final four right now just so you know uh sam and uh, if you didn't know and i think right now angie i mean it's a great time to already have his cards they're about to go up in value especially if they uh if they can really challenge the vegas golden knights in the um in the conference finals here for sure um <laughs> chris he says bro is the pc term <laughs> versus bro i guess a uh, baubles and ball card says one way to increase the percentage for the ladies is the guys with spouses and girlfriends to include them in their collecting. My wife absolutely loves cards because we do it together. See that that's great. She's also open to it or you found a way to get her open to it, which is great. My wife, as I mentioned on the last show with Christina, she'll look at a card and say, Oh, that, that, that's, that looks cool. But she doesn't care to say, Hey, let's see some more cards. She's not, mm-hmm. or she doesn't want to, what would you buy? Like, or what's in that bubbler? Like she doesn't really, care to right. ask no but, right. but she, she respects does. it but maybe she's not interested <laughs> there you go pretty much pretty much exactly exactly uh mosaic went to went to high school with steve burline nice. and yam says sam thoughts on the sam darnold mm-hmm. edition Mm-mm. i don't know at first i was like really not a fan i was like there's a reason that I don't know. There's a reason he lost his job in New York, but no, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I guess I don't know if I should have gotten more confidence from this, but I kind of did because I know throughout the draft, Mel Kuyper was like really like hyping up Sam Darnold and was like, oh, I think he's going to do well, like with new additions and things like that. So, I mean, I guess some quarterbacks, it depends on their system. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. I'm still a little on the fence. <laughs> See, and I don't follow the NFL that closely. Although I'm going into my my I'm going to my first fantasy football draft uh, this coming season. It's it's the it's scheduled for the end of August. My first one since like 2003 was the last time I did a fantasy football. I had the first overall pick. I took Peyton Manning, and that was the, that was the right pick that year. Yeah. I don't, I've enlisted the the services of a really good buddy of mine to help me with this because um, I'm just not on top. But I'm doing it as as a mechanism to get more knowledgeable about current football because I'm just not there right now. Um, Okay. Yeah. I like this comment from Chris. Yeah. Girlfriends wives will humor you, but that's a big difference from real interest, which is the case for a lot of them. Back to Sam Darnold for a second. Mm -hmm. Again, in my lack of knowledge of current football, other than like Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, the, you know, obviously I know who the, the great veteran quarterbacks and many receivers are and some running backs too but but uh, Sam Darnold I seem to remember watching Ryan Johnson from Card Collector 2 mm-hmm. he was a, I think he was doing a lot of Sam Darnold collecting like a year or two ago so kind of when I think of Sam Darnold I think of Ryan because I was consuming his content back then so anyway just a random thought that I have there oh well yeah I think he was 
I don't want to say this is why I don't think this is why he was doing it. I think he generally like liked Sam Darnold, but I know Gary Vee was a big Sam Darnold guy as well. May okay, I wonder if so I'm I think um, yeah. I think they were talking about it at the. I think I, I think I rewatched one of his national videos, Card Collector Two, and he was talking to Gary, and they were talking about. He was like, "Oh, I have some Darnold for you." Like, blah blah blah. That must have been like his rookie year or whatnot. So, well, because Gary V is a huge New York Jets fan, he wants his lifelong goal is to own the New York Jets at some point, <laughs> I believe. Um, Chris says, uh, "Jeremy, you're very good at being selective with my comments, Brovo." I can't get to every single comment, Chris, but uh, <laughs> but appreciate that. Rodman says, "Is Sam into '90s cool inserts?" Jeremy, let's mentor her because I, you know, me and. Rodman are huge into them. How about you? Do you have any? Uh, have you have you been like in it um, ingratiated into the '90s insert era yet? I have not. Um, I mean, I like the '90s like cards because I think they're colorful. Like I picked up this card today. I'll show it. It's a. I guess it's an insert, but I just picked it up. This was the card that I picked up because I really liked the like color of it. But it's just like a Kevin Garnett tempered steel. It's not. It's worth nice. like not much but it was just like it's an insert from the 90s but i don't think it's like the high-end ones like i think you were showing like a jambalaya and some the the yeah. precious metals i've heard are yeah precious. Here. <laughs> they're precious they're precious yeah although i bought all this stuff before the before the uh the recent craze so they're more precious now than when i when i go which is lucky for me um, here's a question from Darcy, a uh, question about the Panthers. He says, are they more supported by North Carolina or South Carolina? And is the fan base crazy? Uh, honestly, I, I think it's pretty equal because the team is based in Charlotte. Charlotte is at the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, and they actually do their training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and then they play in Charlotte. So I'd say it's pretty equal. Having lived, I went to school in South Carolina. I've lived in North Carolina. There's Panthers fans in both. And then are they crazy? Uh, not like not like Eagles or Steelers crazy, but. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I know some crazy Steeler fans yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Chris says, if you're not into 90s inserts, put it on your to-do list. It's I, I agree. To me, 90s, you either started with 90s inserts as a collector, so you're still there. You know, not mm -hmm. people who've been collecting since, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So they started with those, but. A lot of people started in the 90s, so they're still there. And if you didn't start there, a lot of people end up there, mm -hmm. myself included. Like, I started with 80s, you know, and uh, and then I've – I did – I the only time in my life where I wasn't, like, focusing daily on the hobby was that second half of the 90s, which ended up being what is now some of my – probably my favorite era in cards. And it, it, it's one of them. I have a couple – anyway – uh, I'm now I'm now focusing on it pretty heavily, and um, and it's just the way the world works. You know, the five years that you're not quite, um, you know, immersing yourself in it is when you is, is. And I wonder if that's why I'm I'm so interested in it now because I wasn't as uh, as hardcore back then. But um, but I'm with you. Put it on your to do list if it if it interests you, and it might not. Uh, Jordan Riker says Sam. Will you be going to the national? And if so, is there something particular you will be looking to pick up? Uh, yes, I will be going to the national. Um, I'm going Friday through Sunday. Um, so I'm really excited. I, I think Christina said it was her first national. It's my first national as well. Um, so I'm super excited to meet people. And something I'm looking to pick up, I don't know 
I don't know specifically. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit of that person who's a little cash strapped from orders at PSA because like all my orders are still there. And so I'm like anticipating that bill uh, coming to me soon. Um, but I mean, I'll definitely be looking for different things. Just things that I like things that I've never seen before. It, it They don't have to be worth a lot of money. If I've never seen it and this is a cool card, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Like, I just like that type of stuff. So that's that's a great, you know, I, I've said I said it, I think, uh, maybe last week or recently that, you know, a lot of people feel like when you go to a card show, you need to have a plan. And I'm not saying it's not a good I'm not saying that it's not a good idea to have a plan but you have to leave yourself some flexibility too. And you have to allow yourself to move away from that plan because you might see a card that you weren't expecting to see that you just have to have. And it could take up all your money. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen people, I know I've heard people go to a card show, you know, they expect they're going to be there five days and they are out of money by lunchtime on day one because they, you know, they see what they want and they buy it. And, Maybe it was within their plan or it wasn't. So my, my my advice is have an idea more or less about like maybe the amount of money total. Well, you have a budget. That's part of a plan. And that might be the only plan you go with. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it, to me, it's enough of a plan. But if you're a very particular, specific collector where you're only looking for eight cards left on your overall want list, well, then you have a very defined plan. But let, let your plan be a little bit, um, have some gray area to your plan so that you can allow yourself to buy a card that you really, really weren't, ex that you really, really love, but you weren't expecting to find, or maybe you discover something new and you go off on a haul. You can also open up a whole new, a whole new sub PC within your overall collection, just because you see a card you love. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I never knew that existed. I'm going to buy that for a hundred dollars. And now that's going to cost you two grand because you need the whole checklist or or your whole all the cards of, of players on your team or something like that. So right, yeah. But um, yeah, okay. Thanks for that question, Jordan. Uh, Bobble says, Sam, if you don't have it, you need to get the '94 Coca-Cola Monsters of the Gridiron set. It has a cool Panthers card in it. Hmm. Something for you there. Um, and Yam says, is Sam's generation going to be less interested in '80s and '90s cards? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, you're, you're of your generation. What, what you and I was kind of thinking this in the back of my mind as we're talking about 90s inserts. It's like, really? Like, does everybody need to get there? So probably not, but speak to that a bit if you can. Yeah, yeah. So I am a 90s kid. Uh, some people like uh, think I look really young. I do look young, but I was born in the 90s, late 90s. Um, so are we going to be less interested in 80s and 90s? I mean, I think... If you go back to why a lot of people collect, we, we spoke on kind of like the nostalgia aspect. And nostalgia for me would be from what, you know, you can't remember past a certain age, but, you know, let's say like 8 to 12, 13 years old. That would be like the early 2000s. So I just don't know if that interest will be there for my generation. But I do think, you know, for kids who are eight, you know, in that age range during the eighties and nineties, I think that'll be kind of where they try and go back to. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense for sure. Chrissy says, this is the crossover, right? That was last night, Chris. That was last night. <laughs> Adventures with Troy says, Jeremy, 20 or 30 K is a good plan for national. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. Adventures with Troy. That's a lot of money, right? You're going to, now it's not going to get you nearly as far as it would have in 2019 or earlier, but it's, 
it's a lot of money for anybody for the most part. Well, not anybody for, for 99.9% of people. That's a lot of money. So I think that's a good plan. Yep. <laughs> uh, Jordan says, what has been the highlight of your hobby experience so far? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like at a certain point it becomes cliche, but it really is like the people. Um, I think that's what I was missing in the beginning. As I said, like, I didn't really feel like I had hobby friends. So like I was interested in it, but I didn't know how long I would be in it. But I think once I started to have those friends and build those relationships, it just made me want to stay even more because now it's like our common ground, but we also talk about things outside of cards. So um, I would definitely say the friends that I've met have uh, been the highlight for sure. And, you know, I mean, you're relatively new back in the hobby in 2020. So I'm going to speak with some experience and say that that's that that's so true. Uh, you'll find that'll become truer and truer. And I say that because you know, being in the hobby as long as I have, really, it started in the early 2000s for me making hobby friends. And some of those people are now my like the closest friends I have Darcy, who's been in the chat tonight, we've been bros, <laughs> like literally like, like brothers, you know, I don't mean like, hey, yo, bro, but we are like, yo, bro, too. But we've been like, good friends for going on 15 years now to the point to the point where I've had his whole family over to my parents place in where they where they used to live by the lake he brought his kids over they swam in the they his kids swam in my folks swimming pool and like <laughs> you know we we talk about many more things than just hobby we become like really good friends not just him i've got several people in my life like that so as you you know the years go by some of these people that you're becoming friends with now don't be surprised if you know they become lifelong really good friends and um that's one of the best rewards the hobby has offered so many of us is um are these friendships and they're not you know i like my hobby friends the best because we have that in common you know we have at the end of the day we have that stability of the hobby that keeps us friends although sometimes we there's friction too there can be friction in these friendships as well just all depends you know especially if you're dealing with each other right they you always say don't do business with family, you know, don't lend money to friends, those kinds of cliches. So you have to be careful and navigate these friendships carefully because if you sell your car to a friend and it goes down in value or you you buy a card from your friend, but you don't pay them right away, you know, it's like those kinds of things. You just, anyway, talking about friendships, the longer they go, the more opportunities sometimes there are for there to be little bumps in the road along the way too. But it's not all, it's not always all roses, but in the long run, it really is for me at least. Yeah. And I would, I would say just kind of like to add, I just thought of like a recent, you know, experience. So I go to a local card shop pretty often, like, um, and one of the guys there, we talk like really frequently about cars and things like that. And then last Friday I hadn't been to a Braves game yet. And I've been in Atlanta. I'm like, Oh, I got to go to a Braves game. So I just was like, hey, do you just want to go to the Braves game? Because I was like, oh, he's a, like, I consider him like a friend now. And so it's like, let's just go to the game. Um, you know, so it's just kind of nice to have, you know, meet people in around Atlanta as well. So. That, that's awesome. And that's mm -hmm. because the hobby, right? You exactly. know, like, that's how that's how that's I've come to learn that that's how life works. You never we always I always I won't say we I always thought that you made friends through school and jobs because that was my experience. So thankful for the hobby because made so many friends and many of whom I've never seen face to face, like in, like physically, sure, virtually, but not face to face. And that's why I'm so excited for the national is one of the reasons is among the cards, which I'm excited for, too. I'm so excited to meet all the people I haven't met met yet in person. So exactly. 
it's gonna be great for sure mosaic mind says please be interested in 80s junk wax i gotta sell this stuff um i like this chris says i was born in the 80s and i have cards from the 50s which speaks to you being born in the 90s would you would you collect cards from the 90s too i'll, I'll do one better I'm born in the 1900s. I have cards from the 1800s. So, you know, I mean, that can happen too, right? We centuries. Go, go centuries, exactly. It makes a great comment here. Everyone grows into the hobby differently. And that's why I said it earlier. When anyone comes to my booth at a card show, one of the first questions I ask them is, how do you approach the hobby? Literally, how how do you approach the hobby? I kind of follow up with like, what do you collect? What do you, Why do you love it? That kind of thing. But I've been asking that for years. How do you approach the hobby? Because... There's no two stories that are exactly the same. Even Chris and Christina, who do this thing mm -hmm. as partners, they do it together. They both have a, even though they, they, they're unique. Their, their, their approach will still have a few subtle differences from each other because they're two different people. Simple as that, right? <laughs> Chrissy says, uh, "Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of Michael Jordans." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that should go on a T-shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Jordan says, how has your approach of the hobby changed over the past three to six months? Or let me let me just, has your approach changed in the last three to six months? And if so, how? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think obviously when I first got in, I was like opening boxes <laughs> um, and like watching breaks and things like that. And I still enjoy watching breaks, but I'd say now it's more so just like focusing on a specific card that I want and like, like really like being more invested and in doing more research in it on ebay and like through other platforms as well um so i think that's one thing and like how my buying cards has changed but another thing that's changed is you know women of the hobby it essentially just started within the past three to six months uh so it's been more of a focus of mine is i've found you know some of my time that i used to spend looking up cards is more so creating content for women of the hobby so that's a little bit like not taking away it's definitely like i enjoy doing what i do uh, but just trying to balance all of that at the same time is a lot. <laughs> and you know what? Doing your show and creating content is hobby. To me, exactly. like, this is this is the hobby. I'm hobbying right now with you. With hobbying Christina about earlier. the hobby. <laughs> What's that? I said hobbying about the hobby. Yeah, like, it, it, it's 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 yeah, it, it's kind of a hobby within the hobby, right? Like we're, exactly. but to me, it's still the hobby. I've. You know, like the song, like my in, my new intro song says, sports cards are a lifestyle. It's it, the hobby is a lifestyle for me. It, it just really is. And this is just part of it. The cards are obviously the found uh, the foundation, but so are the people. And so is the time we spend. It's all part of it's all part of the hobby. And we're we're lucky that it's such a versatile hobby that offers us so many benefits besides just putting cards in albums and, you know, having whatever kind of psychological um gratification we feel from completing a set or a checklist or something like that there's so much more to it uh delon says national sounds fun i would scout it out walk the floor what first maybe do a lap takes the overwhelming out i'm going to give you one piece of advice delon or anyone else who takes that approach if you're going to do that first lap to take the overwhelming out of a card show don't look in the showcases too closely because if you see a card that you don't buy during that lap it might be gone by the time you get back and you'll be disappointed so either do that lap and kind of just just kind of graze over all the showcases or do a lap but be prepared to spend a few bucks along the way or make a couple of trades during that lap during that lap uh chris's are undervalued and like and like overvalued at the same time there's a lot of chris's here I, I, is where we're coming from 
Chris's are high pop. I saw that comment earlier because we have a lot of Chris's here right now. <laughs> Adventures. Oh, sorry, right here. Uh, preach it, Jeremy. So true. We are all a part of this fun hobby. Yeah, even everybody watching right now, like we are all hobbying together, consuming content. I do it all the time. We are, it's all a part of it. Um, okay. Let's let's talk a bit about the community now for you, okay? Because I want to come back to again, ladies' night. Although we've, and we're not focusing too much on all about just what it's like being a woman, but I want to talk a bit about the community that you have created through your channel and how, how are, what other platforms are there that you're partaking in where it's kind of uh, female centric within the Yeah, hobby? Yeah, definitely. So as I've like mentioned, I like work to create women of the hobby, which is essentially we're on Instagram and YouTube. So just like bringing more visibility to women, just sharing more women to all people of the hobby just saying you know we're out here too type of thing um and then some other platforms that i was introduced to that i wasn't aware of um until i made this as well was there is the women in sports cards facebook group um i think christina mentioned that as well so there's a facebook group um a good amount of members as well i think over a hundred um and there's like other just like small chats as well with different people uh, so just like all these different avenues to try and go out and just like build more of a community and kind of grow it for women as well. So are there like, are you part of a, on Instagram, is there like a, a private chat for women that you're there, part of? There is, uh, it's like hobbyistas. And if people want to be invited, if you're a woman, you can message the women of the hobby account. Uh, I have, I do have a, a small concern that I might like look to create a solution for in the future because Instagram group chats limit to 32 people. Uh, we're not at 32 people yet, but if we do happen to reach that, I will try and create a solution to where we can still all chat together. <laughs> can I ask how many you do have in this group? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I haven't checked the numbers, but I would say there's at least probably, uh, probably like 16, 17, 15 you know that type of number that's a good number that's a that's a, that's a good group for a private chat on on instagram i would say mm -hmm. um yeah that, that's that's pretty cool and um how many members are there of the hobby hobbyista group do you know on facebook oh so women in sports cards is the facebook group um oh. but yep there's over 100 members and um Actually, like speaking of the national, though, I remember this post to kind of call out. So um, Sarah Layton, who I think is connected with Layton Sports Cards, um, she mentioned that at the national, she'll be handing out. Um, I wrote down the Facebook message, but she has like drawstring bags and she's going to hand out little flyers with the QR code to join the Facebook group. Uh, so I think she's going to be handing those out to like any women that she sees at the national just to kind of like get that group bolstered up as more. That's really, that's really cool. Um, is there going to be at the national, is there going to be like a ladies night sort of thing or uh, any gathering that you are aware of? Um, I, I don't know for sure. I think there's definitely been talks of some type of night where all the women can get together. Um, so I'm not sure of any details exactly yet, but I do think I've seen that posted in the group as well as like, you know, we should all get together one night. So, um, definitely if you want more details i would definitely recommend trying to join that group or just like reaching out as well and as far as the national goes and you being there um are you like is like i all to me it's like let's 
let's get excited for the national. Let's get as many people there as we can, male, female. Are you finding, is there like a, a bit of a, um, a, a, mo, a, a motion right now among the female collectors in, in on the Facebook group, in the Facebook chat to be like, yeah, let's go. Let, like come to the national. Are you going? Is there excitement among in, in the, in the female communication circles about it as well? Oh yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we've all talked about, you know, when are we all going to be together so we can all meet in person? I think some people they've met at more regional shows and, you know, wherever throughout. So a few people have met in person, but we try and want to get like a bigger group together. Um, and I've definitely seen people post in both the Facebook and the Instagram chat um, as well. Of You know, like I, I just booked my like flight uh, to the national who else is going type of thing. So for sure. So y'all, y'all are like, let's make sure we hook up and see each other. I mean, I'm, I'm in a, uh, there's one Instagram group I'm in as well, where everyone's like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's do a night together, that kind of thing, you know? And I, so it's, you know, it's not just, I think there's a lot of little, a lot of groups of pockets of people that are excited about it, that want to meet up. And, and uh, why wouldn't the women group have this? Why wouldn't you be doing the same thing, right? It only makes sense, especially as you, as you guys are trying to grow grow your uh, presence within the hobby. Uh, it, ju it just makes sense. I think it's really cool. Um, <clears throat> totally different topic. Mm -hmm. the, you know, there's the whole collector investor sort of thing in the hobby that people, that's been a topic of discussion for quite some time now. Wh where do you fall? Do you, obviously you're a collector. I, I feel it. I sense it just how, from our discussion, what you told me, but do you look at the hobby as an investor at all, as an investment, do you do any investing or are you pure collecting? Uh, yeah, I would say, <laughs> I think I tried to describe my like mentality before. And one of the ways I try and put it is I invest to collect. So I might buy a certain card to hope that its value grows so I can buy a bigger card of something that I'm actually collecting, so to speak. Um, so that's kind of what I like to do. And I think one thing that I also, in a way, I feel like to kind of minimize some of the risk that there might be is any card that I buy, I, I do try and think, you know, if this card wasn't worth anything, but I still want it type of like that kind of aspect. So that is something, you know, if these cards aren't worth anything, do I still want to keep them? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that. Like I'll pay that for that card. So that's kind of something that I like to look at as well. Yeah, makes sense. That That's kind of, I, I always say that I'm a investor by consequence because- mm -hmm. I've always been a collector, but all of a sudden these cards became worth a lot and it's hard for me to not want to acquire nice cards still. And, but when you're spending, you know, a lot of money, whatever that means to you on a card, it's hard not to think about what it might be worth one day. It's, right. it's impossible, at least for me to not think about that. So, you know, collector at the core, but investor by consequence and uh, just kind of, just kind of is what it is. Mosaic Mind says collecting better than investing. I think that's what the greater than sign would, would mean, or I think that's what he's saying. Uh, Chris says, ladies night in Chicago. Well, I'm following that Instagram. <laughs> uh, Chris Hayes like that. Thank you very much for that uh, compliment. Angie says, does the national have a large hockey content? What sport sells the most? Well, I'll take this question, Sam. Uh, baseball is number one of the national, like by far, followed by basketball followed by football uh, next year, maybe followed by soccer and then probably followed by hockey uh, large 
I mean, there's enough. There's lots of hockey there. If you were to take it all and put it in one room, you're going to have a great assortment of hockey. But when you sprinkle it between all the other sports that are throughout this room, it doesn't feel like a lot. I'd say it's probably, but I mean, if I had to quantify it, it's probably like, I don't know, three to 5% of the, of, of the cards in the show are hockey. It's that low, but there's millions of cards there. So you're going to see a lot of hockey cards there. Nonetheless, uh, Jordan says, are you willing to share some of your favorite recent pickups? You showed one just from today earlier. Anything else close by that uh, recent that's among your favorites? Yeah, actually, I picked up this card. It was kind of on a whim, uh, just like at the new shop that I went to. I just picked it up. Again, I, I kind of like the weird, I don't want to say weird, but just like out there, just different things that you haven't seen. So I picked up this like bigger card. It's like an MJ MJ's final floor. It's just like a piece of this the floor that he played on for his last game. It's like a bigger card. It's like yeah. for comparison, it's pretty big. Yeah. Um. So that was something that I picked up today, and I was pretty excited about it because I was like, "Oh, this is neat. I don't have a card this size." But then I also thought about how am I going to store this? Now it's more of a display piece, I think. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel about cards that are are not the standard sports card size and i don't love those cards as much as i do the standard size cards so i'm i'm with you there um for me jordan i've got one card here that just came in which is a pretty obscure card i don't know if many people will know it but it's from 1999 in the game uh very rare card that i didn't think i'd ever find a copy of but i did and i pounced when i saw it this to me this is the so we don't, hockey didn't have precious metal gems in the 90s. The first PMG in hockey was in 2012, but this is from 1999. And to me, it's the, it's the, it's not a PMG by brand, but it basically is for me. It's, it's the Patrick Waugh uh, in the game heritage series. This is, and it's the green. It's hard to see in this light here, but this is to me the first, I consider it to be like a PMG, even though that's not, it's not a Fleer card. But um, it looks like it could be. It's got the same kind of foil with a little bit of texture to it. And it is numbered out of out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was a, there's the, the blues are out of 100 and the reds are out of 1,000. So these were, these greens, I mean, you might see one or two greens of any player on the checklist every year, I, I would think. Uh, you just really never see them. And so uh, I have the Wayne Gretzky. I have the Wayne Gretzky from this set, which I got a, a while ago, and it's probably one of my probably one of my best and favorite cards um, that people don't really know about. But so anyway, to pair it up with Patrick Waugh to me was a, was a, a no brainer. So I'll show that card. Nice. Yeah. Thank. Do you know who Pat? Do you know Patrick Waugh? No. <laughs> yeah, hockey is is not really one of my sports, especially like being I think hockey's bigger in the US obviously in the north and I'm in the south and it's just uh never been. So, but the the Carolina Although, Hurricanes, they did yeah. win one year. My dad actually went to the playoff game. He didn't go to like the final or anything, but one of the playoff games the year they won. So Yeah. Well, they they just got knocked out recently from the in the playoffs this year. So they're they're a pretty good team actually. Hopefully, hopefully it'll grow in that in that uh, geographic area. I hope so. Okay, let's run through some more comments. We're going to cut this off, guys, in about five minutes. It's getting late out where Sam is. She's on the East Coast. But uh, this has been awesome so far. I've really, I've really enjoyed it, Sam. Yeah. Uh, Jordan says, Jeremy, do you have any new advice for people attending the National for the first time this year? 
I mean, the same advice that we'd give, right? Wear, wear good shoes. My, my key pieces of advice, as far as your comfort goes, wear good shoes because your knees and your legs will kill you every night. Trust me, you won't even want to walk by day three or four. If you're wearing like, if you walk in and like flip-flops or something, do not wear flip-flops. You got to wear good shoes. Walking or like a good pair of, of padded shoes. Number And my other advice, I've said it already tonight, you see that card you really want. If it's rare, don't expect it's going to be there when you come back in an hour. Just don't. It, it won't be. It likely won't be if it's unless, you know, if it's a rare card. Those are my two pieces of advice. Mosaic Mind says collecting and collectors are the fundamental core of the hobby. Investing is peripheral and super risky. Yes. But this is where I kind of, I always come back to this. If you collect expensive cards, you are you not investing at the same time? I don't know. Maybe you're not. I consider it to somewhat be because I can't spend over a thousand dollars on a card and not care if that card goes down to zero. It's just not. It's just not who I am. I understand some people can, but for me, if I spend over a thousand bucks on a card, card for a hundred dollars goes down to zero. You know, not going to change my life. Even a thousand bucks, but a thousand bucks is going to hurt. You know, ten thousand bucks, that card cannot go down in value to zero. I'm 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 going to cry. I'm going to be very upset. So to me. Um, you kind of have to consider the the future value of a card when you're spending significant money on it. And that's going to be different for everybody. Right. And yeah, I think I agree. Like you kind of want whatever you buy, like to hold its value or else it's kind of just like, I don't know. It's like anything else. Like if you buy food, obviously when you buy food, it's going to like lose its value. I don't know. Like, right. I don't, you know what, like, you know what I mean? Kind of like you yeah, want something like to hold its value. You do, or you want to get enough utility out of it mm-hmm. where it pays for itself. You know, like food, for example, a pair of sunglasses. Let's take sunglasses for an example. You can buy a nice pair of sunglasses for three, four hundred dollars versus fifteen bucks at the drugstore. But if you're going to pay three, four hundred dollars, that's not a pair of glasses that you, that you want to lose, right? Fifteen right. bucks, you don't care if you lose them. Three, four hundred dollars, you don't want to lose those sunglasses. You want to have them for a few years at least. Like it's funny, this is totally off topic, but. We have one of those handheld Dyson like dust buster kind of vacuums that we use all the time. And it's start. I've had this thing for like seven, eight years. And just today, talking to my wife, it's like, I think we need a new one. This thing, you pull it, it doesn't keep going. We got to keep on repulling the trigger. It's like, let's just buy a new one. Like, what, a couple hundred bucks? So I've had this one for eight years. What's it cost us? 25 bucks a year for this thing? I'm, I'm okay paying 25 bucks a year for, the, for this thing, right? I've gotten enough value out of it that I don't care that it's now going to be garbage and worth zero, right? There's there's no salvage value there. But that's we've got our utility out of it already, right? Sports cars are different. They don't we don't eat them, we don't burn them for heat, right? We don't wear them. So we want there to be some value in the long run. You and I are on the same page there, Sam. Uh Mosaic says investing drove the junk wax era. How did that work out for the investors? Com- yeah, I hear you Mosaic, but a completely different set of circumstances altogether in my opinion so i don't um i just i mean i just don't you that happened last year with the base cards it was just too many differences there aaron rasmus stopping by to say hi good evening glad you enjoy the discussion the diversity thank you aaron angie says being a montreal canadians fan that patrick wall card looks mighty beautiful thank you very much jordan says will there be a clubhouse after this um unsure unsure jordan for now i I may check it out but i'm not deliberately going to set one up tonight 
Chris says, uh, thank you both. Thank you, Chris, for joining. Mosaic Mind says, Jeremy, no one is bidding on my upper deck. Morgan Geeky, why is that? <laughs> I don't even know who that is, to be honest. <laughs> Chris Hay says, consumption versus utility. Absolutely. Knows what I was talking about. Thank you. Clubhouse is dead to me, says Chris. Awesome. Adventures with Choice is great content today. Thanks, Jeremy. And Sam asking for a friend. Is there an after hour, after, after hour show coming up? Um, well, you just heard me speak to that. Maybe. <laughs> Mosaic Mine. In 2020, there was a crazy flipping frenzy. It was fun for the few who made out big time. But how long did it last? Exactly. But let's, let's keep in mind what they were flipping were not cards that were investable. That was proven. There are still investable cards in the hobby. And uh, there we have Christina. Thanks, Jeremy and Sam. Great efforts. Thank you very much, Christina. Glad to still have you here. And thank you for the show earlier. Thank you. Love what you collect. Awesome. Coming from a lady who enjoyed Ladies Night on Sports Cards Live. Sam, listen, there's a few things on the on on the uh, my, my topics that we didn't get to. Is there anything that we didn't talk about yet that you want to address? Do you want to uh, we've had we guys we've had Sam's Instagram and the name of her YouTube channel on the ticker all episode. So make sure you're following her on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to her channel, Women of the Hobby. Um, I'm a subscriber. I've watched most of her episodes. They're enjoyable. I, I trust me on that. So please follow. Please give her the follow. Subscribe. Is there anything that you'd uh, that you want to address before we wind down? Uh, no. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again. Yeah, for having us on and for ladies night was awesome to be here. I'm sure Christina echoed the same as well, but yeah, thank you for setting this up. And I think it's been great just to kind of, you know, I think the more opportunities we get to explain, you know, our interests, why we're here, those types of topics, I think are just important for everyone to just get more education on as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and it's, it's just good to make these kind of these cross connections between people who are instagrammers youtubers whatever it is right people in the hobby it's great okay we'll do we'll have a look at the final comments we'll wrap this up everybody thank you hit the thumbs up on the video both for myself and for sam if you're not subscribed yet to sports cards live please hit that subscribe button hit 3,000 subscribers last week that was awesome big milestone i remember when i thought oh 3,000 seems so far away but we we hit it so i'm very grateful to everyone who has subscribed and um when we hit 4,000 5,000 maybe 10,000 one day I'll be still be as thankful for each and every one of you guys. Uh, Angie says Upper Deck Hockey Extended Series 3 coming out. Any interest? Yeah, I'm interested, Angie. Uh, apparently, it's going to be very insert-driven, which I love. I'm an inserts guy. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. It's not Young Guns-driven. I'll let everybody know that right now. Terry Fortune, good evening. Says great women representing the hobby. Thanks, Terry, for being here all night. So, at the beginning as well. Mosaic says thanks for the steam. Good luck. Good stuff. Good luck to you both. Thank you, Mosaic. Hope to see you back next week where we'll be recapping the virtual sport card expo that is next weekend. Everybody, let me throw that up on the banner really quick here. Check that out. It's free to attend sportcardexpo.com uh, is next weekend. Uh, here we go. Chris. Hey, Sam, you're a beast. Thanks for all the content. That, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. Thank you. Joe says, Definitely want to go to the national sometime, but need to save that cash for my wedding. First, your priorities are backwards. Joe hobby first. Always. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, BTS says, do you know she collects cards? Yes, she does know she collects <laughs> cards. Yam says, thanks, Sam and Christina. Two great people in the hobby. Thank you, Yam. Much appreciated. Jordan says, Metal Universe postponed to 2027. No, but come in this summer soon, hopefully. Stream, thank you, Mosaic, for clarifying. Thank you, Jordan, for your uh, participation tonight and for being here. Slow pitch, thank you very much. Great to have you. 
There's Chris from House of Jordans. Thank you so much, Chris. Joe R. Haha. Okay, that's good. Sam, hang tight. We're two seconds over time. Two minutes, I mean. <laughs> good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Great night. Uh, appreciate you all. Have a great week ahead. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.